around here, we're full of great tips to give you a leg up on the competition. For instance, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. You want to wear something that will make your boss take notice and say, hey, that individual looks sharp, confident, and capable. I'm going to remember that come bonus season. This also applies to encounters with that special someone. Take care to employ proper grooming practices at all times. Nothing says fake phone number like unkempt facial hair. Now that gentleman is getting a second date. Also, don't underestimate the value of physical fitness. If anything, it's a great way to meet new friends and improve your teamwork skills. Whatever your goals, we've got some important advice that you're going to want to write down. Trust us, you'll be glad you did. It's good to see, good to see all of you. Series, can you hear me okay? Uh, I want to welcome some people that are our special guests here today. You know, they, they're not they're not you know guests as you know you would think guests, kind of they're old time people that are coming back home just for a visit. Uh, this afternoon we got a very special wedding that's happening. Uh, David Lazarus and Angie, uh, she they're getting married this afternoon. So we've got some people. Uh, if you're here for that wedding as a special guest, could you go ahead and stand up so we can welcome you? Uh, I know Ward is here. Great to have you, friend. A lot of other people, the Pull and Igums are here. Uh, it's great. You know, and today we're going to be continuing our series, uh, You'll Be Glad You Did. And, and we're going to talk especially to singles in, in the house. So uh, that's going to be awesome. And, and you know, you're going to be able to, if you'd like to go and, and see the wedding, you can. Probably they'll make room for you. Just the wedding part, not the reception part, because I don't think they're ready for that. But you get to see the fruit of somebody who decided to, you know, do the right thing. And this whole series we're talking about is, you know, we enter into stages in our lives. And, and when you're in that stage and you decide, man, I want to do the right thing. In the next stage that you get to, you're going to go back and you're going to go, you know, I'm really glad I did that. Or if you didn't, you knew you should have and you didn't. Then you get to that next stage and you go, man, I... I wish I had done that, right? So last week we, we had a, a really great service. I had no idea that it would go so deep with so many, uh, but we talked about labels. And if you missed last week, you can go to our website and you can watch it. Uh, and, and you can hear it, you can download it, you can share it, you can email it. Uh, but you go to our website and that's, that's what you can do with each one of our lessons because for sure you're probably going to know somebody, think of somebody who comes to mind. Uh, during the lesson today. Uh, maybe it's that, you know, niece or nephew and, uh, you know, but this is primarily for you. And you say, well, I'm not single, so, you know, I can check out. I can leave early. Uh, trust me, you're going to get something from it no matter what state in life you're, you're in. So this is something we talked about last week. Uh, this whole idea with, you'll be glad you did. The present becomes your past that shapes your future. Whatever you decide to do today is going to become your past, which will become your future. So it's so important. We oftentimes don't weigh in on the things that we're doing right now. You guys that are in high school, right now is going to become your past, and it will be your future. The things you decide to do today are going to affect your future. And, have, and so if we know and we're thinking and planning about our future and we want to be glad later, then we, we, we weigh in on these things that we're talking about. And here's how Jesus put it. This is what Jesus said about this very subject. You'll be glad you did. He did this on the Sermon on the Mount. And he gave this, this lesson. And at the end of his lesson, he, he, he shared this. In Matthew 7, verse 24, he said, Therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then he goes on to share a parable. And the parable went like this. This one guy, he built his house on a rock. And then a storm came and beat on the house. And the house stood, stood strong. And then he shares about another man. Well, another man cut some corners and he did, wanted to do the fast approach. So he, he didn't think about the rock. He said, I, I, I like this seaside 
or Creekside or Riverside place. It's got a great view. I really like it. And I'm going to build it on the sand. And the storm came. And what happened to that house? Wiped out. So Jesus says, if you were to be able to be in that conversation with the guy who built his house on the rock after the storm, what do you think he would have said? Man, I'm sure glad I built my house on the rock. As he peered down at the guy down on the riverside who built his house on sand and there was nothing left. You know, he probably, what would the conversation be like with the guy who built his house on the sand? Man, I wish I'd have built my house up there on the rock. And so what we're talking about these, this last week, this week, next week, and the coming weeks with this whole series is, Jesus says it right here, if you apply my word later, you're going to be really, really glad that you did that. And if you don't apply my word, if you don't put my word into practice, man, you're sure going to wish you had later. And so we're talking to the single people today in particular because you guys get to do it right, you know, on the first, on the first go around, which is, which is awesome. It's, I think it's, you know, it's awesome. So I got to define single. What is single? Okay. Single is not married. All right. But single has a lot of different categories these days. It's somebody who's not married, never been married. It's also somebody who's been married, divorced, and they're now single. It's also somebody who's been married, got divorced, got married again, and they got divorced again, so now they're single and they're in between relationships. That would be somebody single. It's somebody who's never been married, has no intention of getting married, ever. They're like, man, I, single problems are much better than married problems. I have seen many, many, many married problems. I want no part of that. That would apply here, too. Then there's the last category of somebody who's single, somebody who has st- single status and who wants to move to couple status. And they're highly motivated because they look around and they say, I want to do this right because I see a lot of people not doing it right. So that, that's the definition of single, okay? It's not married now, okay? Maybe you're engaged. You're still not married, are you? Okay, you're single. Well, I don't want to be single. Well, you're single. Okay, so today we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about three things from the New Testament. This isn't my stuff. It's not original material. It's all from the New Testament. Okay, uh, th- these, are, these are sound teachings. And let me tell you this. I- I've been a minister for about 27 years. And I have worked with a lot, a lot of people. I'm talking in the range of thousands of people. And I've seen a lot of stuff over the years. These three things, these three areas that I'm going to share with you today, I mean, wow. They are areas that if you do this right, you will be very glad. If you don't, mm, you're going to have problems. So I want us to look at it like this, okay? You and I, okay, we're sitting in a coffee shop and we're having a conversation. Okay, and that's the way I'd like you to look at it. You and I are going to talk, okay? Just like we were having coffee, and I'm going to share this stuff with you. And, 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 and I just, you know, I just, you, you're gonna, not going to like some of this stuff. You're not going to love it. In fact, some of you aren't going to like me after today. And that's okay. You, you don't have to like this stuff. I just, I just want you to give it a moment and listen to what I'm going to share with you. Listen to the voice of a lot of experience and listen to the voice of the, what Jesus said. You know, if you, build my ho- if you build your life on the rock, you're going to be able to withstand storms. And don't we all want a life that can withstand the hard times? I mean, there's too much carnage out there. Don't you want to avoid that? I mean, I know I sure do. Okay, so... We continue, all right? Three things from the New Testament. All right, I'm going to give it to you straight up front. You ready? I'm going to give it to you right, right up front. Here it is. Number one, for singles. And if it, you're married and it applies, go ahead and take it to you. You want to write this down. Get out of debt. Okay, you ready? Here comes the three. Get out of debt. Stay out of bed. And then number three, clean out your closet. 
your mom would be happy. Okay, so these are the three areas that we're going to look at today. Okay, this is the outline. Get out, stay out, clean out. Real easy to remember. Okay, so we're done. That's our lesson for today. If you, if you do these three things, okay, if you do these three things, you're set as a single person. Okay, and if you're a married person, come back next week and we can talk about this again on how to fix it once you didn't do that and you got married anyway. All right, ready to go? You guys ready for lunch? Thought we finished the service early. No? My wife says, no, we got to give them their money. Give them their money's worth, okay? Even though you didn't pay anything. All right, so let's go through. What do I talk about? Get out of debt. All right, let's talk about that first one. Get, get out of debt. All right, what I mean by this is there's good debt and there's not good debt. I think the Bible teaches us to get out of all debt. But what I'm talking about for single people, get out of debt, what I'm talking about is dumb debt. Okay, dumb debt, stupid debt, consumer debt, credit card debt. Uh, you know, buying stuff that you really can't afford and you couldn't turn it down because the, the offer was so sweet and you didn't have to make any payments until this year kind of debt. Okay? So, man, I, how can I resist? I'm talking about clothes. I'm talking about food. I'm talking about stuff. Stuff that you bought on a credit card or a car that you really can't afford. I mean, a sweet, awesome leather seats, credible stereo. I mean, the best car you could ever imagine, debt. Okay? That's what we're talking about. Get out of debt. Get out of that debt. Okay? Because this, this, is, this, is, this is huge. Here's, here's the verse that talks about this in Romans chapter 13. Okay? And there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. We offer a course on, on, on debt and financial management, and this is one of them. Okay? And Paul's talking, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's talking about paying taxes in the verse right before it, verse 7, if you could imagine it, right up here. And then he jumps down to verse 8, and he says, let no debt remain outstanding. Okay, so what's not included in that? Everything. The only debt you should have as a follower of Jesus and if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're a guest here today, I'm really glad you're here because you get to get the benefit of Jesus' teaching without necessarily maybe being a follower of Jesus. You get, it, you get it both ways. What a plus. But have no debt remaining outstanding except the continuing debt of love with one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. This is so big, you know, and... You know, some people are like, well, you know, I'm single and I got this debt, and if I get married, then the two will become better than one at paying down the debt. I, in fact, I think there's a verse in the Bible that says that. The two are better than one. Now, number one, that's out of context, okay? But let me just tell you from somebody who's been married for five minutes or more, you know, if you bring debt into a relationship and, and, and you, you, you walk up and you go, I want you to introduce my family before we get married, okay? This is Ms. MasterCard, and this is Mr. Car Debt. And I thought we could be one happy family, the four of us, Right? And how's that other person going to feel about that? Let me, let me tell you how it works. He thinks you're cute now. Okay, maybe on the cute scale, you're, you're about a nine. When he finds out about the credit card debt, you're going to go to about a five. <laughs> you're less attractive with debt. You know, he's going to look at you a little closer and he's going to go, you know, I thought she was really cute, but then, then I saw that thing, that thing that she's got. And, th and then there was a the thing over here, you know, and, and, and her ears are a little, you know, out of whack. But she was so cute before. Debt makes you unattractive. Then for guys, you know, you go, 
and you go, man, he's got such a hot car. Man, his car is so awesome. He looks so awesome in that car until you see he owes $40,000 on that car. And then he's not so hot anymore. Man, I don't care what kind of car he's got. He is not as cute as I thought. Okay, that's how it works. That's how it is in real life. And then there's, you know, I just got to say this. There's that 1%, that 1%, just a small group of singles out there that think, well, if he really loves me, he's going to help me pay down my debt. <laughs> you know, because he's got a great job. And he, he doesn't have any debt. So if he really cares about me or, or if she, man, she's got an awesome job. She's got it together. I know she's got money and she manages money well. So she'll be able to help me manage my debt. Let me tell you, in a relationship, Surprises are not like surprise parties. Okay, because parties, there's cake and there's music and there's gifts. Surprises like this, debt, they are not good. You want to put a relationship on its head quickly? Go into it without, with, with debt. And, and this, is, this is huge. So what I'm talking about is don't let financial debt get in the way of what God has in store of you. This is another phrase here. Your, your financial bad habits will become someone else's financial problems. You don't want to bring your problems into a relationship and make them theirs. You know, and then, then there comes a time when you're single. This is, a, this is an incredible blessing. Don't let your financial debt get in the way of what God has in store for you. Do you know that I've, I've met people who are single who wanted to, to take a year off of work and go do some work in the third world, helping the needy, mission work. I mean, just incredible things. And they couldn't do it. Do you know why? It's so tragic. God put it on their heart. They were motivated. It was just like called by God, and they couldn't do it because of financial debt. I, I can't do it. I got too much debt. I got to stay in work. What a tragedy. And if you're single, stay out of debt because you never know. You're at an incredible time in your life when you can do so many special things for God at, the, at a moment's notice that could change your future and who you meet because you'll be glad you did. All right, so let's go on to number two. You ready? Stay out of bed. What do I mean by that? You know exactly what I mean by that. Yeah, you know exactly what I mean by that. If you are single, let me tell you, it is not a good thing to get involved in an intimate relationship. And we're going to find out why. You know, and, and we're getting this verse that we're going to look at. It's from the Apostle Paul. And some of you like to look at church world and you go, you know, <laughs> people in church are so old-fashioned. You know, they're not hip. They don't understand the modern times. We are in a much different place today than we were. You know, when you, and I get this sometimes from my kids, and guess what? I said it to my parents. I said, Mom and Dad, you guys are from like the 40s. And guess what it is now? Mom and Dad, you guys are like from the 80s. Guess what it's going to be when you grow up? Mom and Dad, you guys are like from 2010. And that's going to seem real old. Right? I, I want you to understand, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul and what he wrote to the Corinth church. And let me just tell you, this was not old school. Corinth, we have no idea what was going on at the time. Women were treated as commodity. They were property. They were, they were like a little more valuable than a cow or an ox. That's what it was like. That was the mentality at the time Paul wrote this. Men owned women. Okay? And they also had a pagan religion where you would go to the temple and in order to worship, you would sleep with prostitutes. I mean, it was dark. It, was, it, would make, it dwarfs the sexual overkill that's going on in our society today. So don't, don't think that what Paul wrote here is outdated. Okay? We have no idea the culture, the sexual intensity of what was going on at the time. So let's look at it. The, the verse here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 18, as we start out, Paul says this, 
flee from sexual immorality. What's that mean? Run away. Get away from it as a single person. When you're tempted to sleep together, to be together, get away from that. Man, that just seems so old school, so outdated. Well, why, Paul? Why, why are you saying that? Why are you saying flee from sexuality? It seems like it would be so awesome, so pleasurable. Look what he says. He says, all other sins a person commits, this is 2,000 years old, okay? Listen. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Now, is Paul saying that sexual sin is worse than all other sins? No, he's not saying that. He's saying it's different. And the effect that it has on you is much deeper. I'll give you an example. When a woman is, when she is physically assaulted, that's one type of damage. When a woman is sexually assaulted, there's a huge difference. The therapy, the counseling, the effect. See, because we live in a world and society today that think that sex, sex is, you know, sexual immorality, what that word means there, those words mean is any kind of sexual intimacy outside of marriage. That's what that word means. We live in a society that says and promotes that physical relationships, sexual relationships, are purely physical. And what Paul's saying is, no, it's not. Now, I know you know this. I knew this at 20 years old. I didn't study the Bible, wasn't a church-going person, like you would think. I knew this. See, because when I was close to somebody in a dating relationship and I broke up with them after being intimate with them for a while, after I broke up with them, it left a mark. And I realized, no, no Bible, you know, no, no understanding, no, no religious teaching, none of that. I realized this is only meant to be done once with one person and you stay in that relationship because the pain, and this is a guy, Sometimes we think guys, you know, they, women feel the pain. Guys do too. They just don't share it. I'm telling you, I know it. And you guys in the audience know this. Paul's saying this is different. Sexual sin is different. It affects you. Once you cross that line, it's totally different. He goes on to say this. Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you've received from God. Now he's talking to Christians who've decided to follow Jesus. They've given their life to Jesus. Somebody who's in that relationship understands my body is different than everybody else out there. He goes on to say this. He says, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. See, now, if you believe that Jesus died for you, you understand, man, I was purchased at a very, very high price. So I can't treat my body and my sexuality the way I used to or the way the world out there promotes it. So if you're single, you've got to look at it and go, wait a minute, I'm a Christian now. And i gotta, I got to learn how to, to think differently about my body. I'm, it's not my body anymore. It's God's body. And I want to honor. I want to honor God with my body. You know, I can never, I'll never forget this. I was 21 years old, and I'd just gotten baptized, and I was in college. You know, hormones were running wild, and I was, on, I was living on college campus, right, 24-7. And it was just as bad then as it is today, Okay. Sexuality was in your face. There's a warm climate. Women dressed very, very provocatively. And you can only imagine. And I remember, I remember a, a, one of our you know, older married guys sat down with me, and, and, and he shared with me. He says, now, now that you're a Christian, you've got you to treat women differently. And he, he shared with me this verse in 1 Timothy. He said, treat younger women as sisters and older women as mothers. I got two sisters. 
Let me just tell you, I look at my two sisters very differently than I look at everybody else out there, the women out there. So I had to change my mind, especially with women in the church. I had to treat them differently. I had to start thinking differently, not looking at women like the way I used to look at women. And I think your eyes are a part of your body, right? Okay? And this idea that, well, no, I'm just, I'm just window shopping. I can look. I'm not touching. I'm not buying. I can look. No, no, that's the world talking in a very conservative, okay? Today it's like forget any of that. But no, your eyes are a part, and you have to think about the way you treat women if you're a follower of Jesus. And, and women, you have to look at how you treat men. Okay, but it's just so much in our face today. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. What does cereal have to do with sex? I mean, our hamburgers. What, what, you know, what, what do car parts have to do with sex? I mean, it's everything, everything, everything. You know why that is? Sex sells. Now, do you want to follow the advice from somebody who's trying to sell you something and enslave you to something? Do you want to follow their advice about how to live your life? How to build great relationships? That's a, that's a, that's a great recipe for disaster. So Paul's saying, listen, honor God with your body. So what does honoring God with my body look like? What's it look like in a dating environment? You know, we practice some different guidelines in our church that help single couples to, to you know, and I practiced them. I was single five years in the church. And they, they protected me. They were awesome. Things like double dating. You know, and we've, we've had so many series recently. You know, a couple years back we had one called uh, Love, Sex, and Dating. Highly recommend you go back and listen to that if you're single. Uh, recently, earlier this year, we had one love, sex, and God, and just get it all out there. Let's talk about it. Let's get out there in the open. But you got to honestly look at what is the world out there promoting? Paul goes on in another, another book that he wrote, another letter that he wrote to the Thessalonian church. He says in chapter 4, verse 3, he says, God wants you to be made holy. He wants you to stay away from sexual sins. Why, Paul? Why do you want me to stay away from that? Remember how your parents would tell you to stay away from electric sockets? <laughs> Remember that? Remember how stubborn you were? And you take that bobby pin, and you stick it in the socket, and boom, it lights you up, and your hair would stand up. And you go, man, I, I, should, stay, I should stay away from the electrical socket. Right? Why is Paul saying this? Because it's going to hurt your life. You know, we talked about debt. We talked about financial mismanagement. Here, here's the thing. All of us have regrets in our life. I, I bet that some of your greatest regrets aren't how you wasted money, but how you abused your sexuality. And you crossed the line. See, because it left a mark. It affected you. See, and this is serious. And I know some of you are feeling really uncomfortable, like, man, you're talking about this in church? I thought we were supposed to talk about the Bible. <laughs> it's in there. And the reason why the Bible talks about it is because God, look at what it says, God wants you to be made holy. Why does he want this for us? Think about it. If you have a heavenly father who cares about you, who wants your life to be blessed in so many ways, in so many aspects, why would he write this? Because he cares. He wants you to avoid, and he knows, he knows, and I know this because I've seen it for so many years. I know this. I guarantee it. You will be glad you did if you do this. Okay? Okay, he goes on, he says, he wants all of you to learn how to control your own bodies. You must live in a way that is holy, and you must live with honor. What's honor look like? 
Honor means something special. It means set apart. And this whole idea of control your bodies. What do you do on the freeway when you see this guy driving down the freeway out of control? What do you do with that? Do you follow him? Do you try to get in the next lane and and get up close to him and wave? What do you do with somebody who's driving out of control? Get out of the way. But we do that in traffic on the highway, but when we look at sexuality, we think it's cool. When someone's out of control, we think it's cool, we think it's hip. You know, to dress, to dress with dishonor, to, to show your body parts. I mean, let's just talk about it. I mean, really, you gotta, you gotta be honest. Is that the way you're gonna treat something special that God gave you? And the world doesn't teach that, guys. The world is a train wreck in this area. It's so sad. And look at what's happening to families. Look at what's happening to women and children in our society because of the lack of control that men have, women have, over their bodies. And they think it's a handshake. It is not a handshake. You sleep with somebody, it affects you. You wake up the next day with tremendous insecurities. And you're, 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 you're no longer the same. You're clouded. So Paul says this. He goes on and says, God chose you, chose us to live pure lives. He wants us to be holy. So if you refuse to accept my teaching, you turn back, you're back on God, not on people. God gives you his Holy Spirit. Some of us have the idea that this is church talk. And I've, I've dealt with this so many times. I mean, it's just, I've had people turn around and walk away from me and go, I'm not doing that. Hey, my advice to you is this. Forget you. And they don't realize. They're not turning their back on me. They're not turning their back on a church, on an organization, an institution that has rules or guidelines or whatever you want to call them. You're turning your back on a God who loves you. You're rejecting love. You're rejecting success. You're rejecting blessings. Why would you do that? Why would you do that with somebody who wants to take care of you, bless your life, and just ensure success in your life? Why would you go, ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about? Let me tell you, there are people around you that you respect. You respect them. And you go, man, he did it right. She did it right. You know those people, right? Why is that? It's because instead of turning, not accepting or refusing, they accepted it and they practiced it. It was hard as it was. And I'm not saying it's easy when the pressure, when the, when the, when the passion is, is up full flame. I'm not saying it's easy, but let me tell you, it is worth it. All right, so that's point two. We spent a lot of time on that, didn't we? All right, clean out your closet. What are we talking about here? Clean out your closet. Well, it would be a good thing this afternoon. Go home, clean out your closet. But we're not talking about your physical closet. We're talking about the emotional baggage. What are we talking about here? We're talking about why some of you act a little weird. Okay, here's here's what I'm talking about. You get angry and you fly off the handle. Why is that? The crime didn't fit the, you know, the the reaction. why, Why are you getting so angry? Whoa, what's up with that? That's what we're talking about in the closet. You've got some stuff, or or you're you're extremely insecure about somebody's statement or a reaction. You know what I'm talking about? Emotional issues? Jealousy. (sighs) If you're single and you've got this stuff going on, you've got to clean out your closet. What are we talking about? We're talking about current issues caused by past events. You've got baggage. 
And today we've got incredible resources to deal with baggage. All of us have them. All of us. And I, I got to share with you guys because when I was single, I thought I was great at relationships. Okay? But here's why I was great at relationships. Because I could bebop around and not have to be really close to anybody. You know, if you don't get along with somebody, guess what you do? You, you don't, you unfriend them. <laughs> or you change jobs or you move out. Well, we're not going to room together anymore. I'm going to move. I'm going to go somewhere else. See, when you're single, you can do that. When you're married, you got to deal with your issues. you got to deal with your issues. Do you want to bring those issues into a relationship? Do you want to do that? And some of you have. Some of you, and you're wondering why you have so many problems. Because you got stuff in the closet that you haven't dealt with. And let me tell you, Single problems, single problems are nothing compared to married problems. Married problems, woo! Wow. It gets complicated. So now that you're single, please, please deal with this stuff on the front end. Right, married people? Can I get an amen from the married people? Whoa. That's strong. Okay? Here's the thing for single people, and, I, and, and, I, and I, can't, I can't go into it as much. This is like a whole class, but it will never be easier for you to deal with your closet stuff than it is right now if you're a single person. And you'll never be less motivated. You'll never be less motivated than when you are right now. Deal with this stuff up front. What do I, how do you deal with it? Uh, get some counseling. Highly recommend counseling. I've gotten counseling. I think counseling is awesome. It is so good to sit down with somebody who's a professional and who's even faith-based. Let me just go ahead and put a, a commercial out there for the program, the APU Counseling Family Program that they have over there at Azusa Pacific University is awesome. I've recommended it to some of you. Because, see, I'm a minister and I counsel people, but there's certain issues that I go above my pay grade or above my, my understanding. I can't help you. You need help from somebody who's a professional. And let me tell you, these people, they know a lot and they're faith-based. They're going to use the scriptures. They include God in the program. So I highly recommend it. Get counseling. Get, get a friend who you can trust that you can talk to and unravel this stuff. Get somebody involved in your life emotionally. Okay? And, and then we've got these incredible programs in our church, uh, Divorce Care. What an incredible program, how it's helped people who are single who've been divorced. You can't just get divorced and walk right into a new relationship. What about all that stuff in the closet that you got from the previous relationship? You've never unpacked that. Guess what's coming with you? You're just going to show up at the door in your new marriage and they're going to be a moving van that pulls up and they say, oh, by the way, you've got all this stuff too. And she's going to go, what? We don't have room for this stuff. Well, it comes with the package, honey. What are we, what are we talking about? We're talking about daddy issues. Well, I had a dad that wasn't present, and I hate my dad. So now I'm going to hate you. Wow, I just, I'm so excited about this relationship that we're going to have because you hated your dad and now you're going to hate me. Wow, what a great, what a great relationship. I, I hate my mom. Really? Yeah. She was awful. She made me miserable. And so now you're going to bring that into the relationship. You're going to hate her, your wife, your new wife, like you hate your mom. If you don't unpack that, and stuff that's gone on in your life, your ex and your ex and all your exes, if you don't unpack that and you don't get that resolved and dealt with, it will come into the next relationship. And so highly, we've got other programs called Divorce Care, uh, Grief Recovery. All these programs are so awesome. Read books. There's so many great books. There's so many resources out there that can help you in this area. Okay, so here we got it, right? Here's our list. Get out of debt, 
stay out of bed, clean out your closet. And you can say, well, you know, uh, yeah, I got, I got to deal with my debt. And the sex thing, I don't know. I mean, it just seems extreme, it's, you know. Uh, yeah, and the closet thing, I know. Listen, you've got to get serious about your future. You take this lightly, you're not only going to affect your life, you're going to affect the person who you get in a relationship with. I said, well, I'm not really interested in anybody right now. I'm not in a relationship, and I don't plan on getting a relationship. Let me, let me tell you something that happens. The right person just might come along. And because you didn't take care of this stuff, you're going to miss the opportunity. I, I, I want so much. I want so much for you single people in the church to, to, to have the possibility of falling in love and, and being in a relationship. I want that. But if you're not preparing for it, and, and, and we did this series a while ago, be the person who you want to be with. Right? Let's just look at this list. Don't you, don't you want to meet somebody? Don't you want to meet somebody who's gotten out of debt? Okay? Let's just picture it, all right? You come meet this guy, and, and he's telling you a story. Yeah, you know, two years ago... Uh, I, I was in a lot of debt, and I just decided it wasn't right, and I, and I paid down all my debt. What? Paid down his debt? Check. <laughs> you know, you're not that tall, but you just got taller. And then he goes on and he shares, you know, uh, yeah, and I, and I paid off my house. I think that will deal with the hair thing. Listen, you get out of debt and you become more attractive. Okay? Become more, and, and staying out of bed. Okay, let, let's just talk about this. How many guys out there want to be in a relationship with a woman that has had a lot of experience in the sexual realm? Let me give man another conversation. Yeah, she shares and she, you know, I was living with a guy six years ago and decided, you know, I needed to move out and I need to get out of that situation. So for the last four years, I haven't been in, in any sexual relationship whatsoever. Really? That's awesome. She just got more beautiful. Okay, so just, just in this area, let's just take this area. Would you ever hear of a woman? Okay, let's another conversation. Oh, yeah, I grew up in the church, and I may be the only virgin I know. Never had sex with any woman. Because I believe that when you get married, you, you should wait, and, and it needs to be with that right, special somebody and I want to wait for the right person. And she goes, <laughs> huge check, right? Now, could you imagine the girl saying, you know what, you got no experience? Okay, one year, go out and get experience in the sexual realm of life, and then come back, and then we'll date, and we'll go study, and we'll get married. Who would say that? Who would do that? Who do you want to be in a relationship? If you're single, who do you want to be in a relationship? How much does experience really matter? Okay, I know you. I know some of you guys. You want to be in a relationship, and, and you know, with somebody with daddy issues. Do you want to be in a relationship with a woman who has daddy issues? Unresolved daddy issues? No, nobody does. So, and let me just say this for the married people, because I left you guys out. You guys got to get out of debt, too. Because it's affecting, you know what the number one relationship killer is in marriages? Money. Money. It's the number one relationship killer. That's why we're talking about it. And, and some of us think, because I'm married, you know, I, I, can, I can think and I can do and I, I can watch it online and I can, you know, whatever. We're married. 
She's stuck with me. What's she going to do? Right? She's got to put up with me. Listen, you've got to answer to God for how you treat your wife and your own body and your own eyes. You know? And some of you guys, you look around too much. You're not honoring God with your body. You're staying out of bed, but you're in your mind, you're everywhere. Talking to married people. Deal, deal with that. Honor God with your mind and your body. Last thing is clean out the closet. Okay, it's, it's huge. You, you, want, you want somebody with their closet clean and order, shirts, press, and everything else. You want that, right? So be that person yourself. Stop, stop shopping for the right person. Be the right person, and guess what happens? They attract, and they come together. Let's wrap this up. Here's the amazing thing about what we're talking about. When your faith in God intersects with God's faithfulness, an explosion happens. How do these two intersect? By putting into practice what God says in these areas. Guys, when I started putting this stuff into practice in my life as a single person, my faith went through the roof. I started to look at people out there in the world like they, three, they had three heads. I mean, I looked at women differently. Okay, I don't care how beautiful they are or were. You know what? I saw them the way they dressed. I said, man, she, she is, mm, no, no. I don't care how beautiful she is. She dressed like that. I don't want any part of that. See, but that, that's what happens. I mean, you, you put your faith in God, and then you obey, and you practice. You practice. You apply what he says in his word, and then you see his faithfulness, how he blesses your life, how he blesses your family and your relationships. This stuff works. I have seen it thousands of times on both extremes. You'll be glad you did. Here's the issue. The issue is are you willing to trust God more than a broken society that is tearing itself apart? Hey, it's your body. You do whatever you want with it. Okay? You do whatever you want with your body. You want to drag it around in the mud? Go for it. But just listen. You have the opportunity to put your faith in a God who loves you, who wants what's best for you, who wants to bless you. And you've got to ask yourself what they are selling out there in the world. What are they selling? Are they really in it for you? When they're promoting sexuality and promoting debt and promoting issues, causing issues, do you really want to hook your life, your future, your hopes and dreams onto a wagon that is tearing itself apart. Do you want that? I mean, I see some of these people on these talk shows and they're promoting this and they're talking about relationship expert this and the other. Listen, they have no idea what they're talking about. They are ruining our society. They are ruining homes. And they're relationship experts? Come on. Some talk show host, she knows what she's talking about. She's divorced herself, and she's running around. You want to follow that? You want to follow the celebrities whose lives are a wreck? I'm saying I want to put my trust in a loving God who's got a track record that's been here way longer before me, and it'll be here way longer after I'm gone. So let's listen to God. Okay, if you're in a relationship right now, right now, and you're single, think about what I'm saying. If you're engaged, if you're living together, think about what I'm saying. God loves you. Nobody's trying to impose rules on you and control your life. God doesn't want to control your life. He wants to help you, and somebody needs to control you. Seriously. Because you know you're out of control. You know this. So let's bring it all back in. Okay? And we're going to celebrate the communion. Why is this so important? You're not your own. Jesus paid an incredible price for us. 
to have this single life, this life that we have. I think you can trust a God. I think you can trust a Savior who bled and suffered the way he did for you. They call it the passion, the passion of Christ. Why do they call it that? Because God is so passionate about your future, about your soul, about your purity, about your life. He was willing to give everything to secure it. So I think, you know, it really comes down to you. Do you want to trust God? And do you want to trust a Savior whose arms are stretched wide, saying, this is how much I care about your single life and your future? Pray with me for the communion. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the privilege that we have to learn from you and your word. I pray, Father, we can all take it as such. Help us to take away all the clouded excuses and issues, God, and just focus on Jesus, what he did for us by dying on the cross. God, as he looked out into the audience and he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Today, we know, we know what to do because you made it clear for us. Help us to do the right thing. Help us to trust you. You're worthy of our trust. We lift up Jesus, God. We honor Jesus right now because of what he did for us. Thank you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name.